Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Today, we are going to be breaking down the Los Angeles Angels 2020 fantasy baseball preview. So now this is not only great if you're somebody who is looking into season-long MLB, but also just to prepare for the, DF- the DFS season. Usually what I do before sports start from a DFS perspective is learn about every single team uh, in the best way that I can. Obviously, injuries will always come up after some podcasts are shot, but for a, a snapshot of where these teams stand for their depth charts that you can see over my shoulder if you're tuning in on the YouTube and the video version, and we'll go through those so you can know where we're standing on the audio version with just uh, touching on the biggest acquisitions for the team, touching on their strengths, their weaknesses, and then it, each individual player in the starting lineup and their depth. So this is a full Los Angeles Angels 2020 fantasy baseball preview. Now, if you're new here, welcome. I'm going to be doing these over the full month of the, the hiatus of sports, depending on when you're tuning into this. If you're tuning in in the future, yes, the, the 2020 March hiatus of sports that we're going through right now, where pretty much nothing is left standing, I'm going to be doing uh, on the channel a bunch of MLB previews. I will be doing about half to two thirds of the league, 15 to 20 teams on YouTube throughout the next month, but also going to be covering the other half to a third over on Patreon. So if you're interested in that, you can find that down below. More Patreon content will include a lot of DFS um, process and strategies in just a general sense, NBA evaluations, things like that. On this channel, I will also be doing sports betting content as well as some uh, guest appearances and just interviews, things like that over that time, as well as some other DFS process things. So let me know if there's any other content you would like to see as we take this hiatus from sports. But with that being said, I think let's get into this. So just an overall look last year, uh, the Angels were, were not great when it comes to just as an overall team. Their, their pitching was terrible. It was one of the worst pitching staffs in the entire league. A lot of that had to do with just injured players. Heaney started off the year last year, one of their top pitchers on the injury report. So did Otani um, coming off of Tommy John for both of them, I believe. They both kind of got banged up throughout the season, uh, both of them finishing the season kind of banged up uh, and, and just losing some pitchers. It was a brutal pitching staff that they were trying to uh, piece together all of last year. You know that they have probably arguably the best player in baseball, in my opinion, the best player in baseball over the last three to five years in Mike Trout. So that's great. And they acquired Anthony Rendon, who was coming off of one of the best years in the league last year, uh, MVP candidate, um, right up there with the MVP numbers. And, and you also get from Rendon, a guy who led the entire league in RBIs, led the NL in doubles for, I believe, the second year. So these are two strong players. And then you look at the rest of the lineup that we're going to go through today, and it kind of lets you down that they're that good in the middle of their lineup. Cole Calhoun, obviously, um, not going to be with the team now at this point. Um, but you, you get the situation where it's, it's, it's kind of sad that you look at how good this team is and can be, and it goes to a situation where they're probably just not going to be that great. So just starting out what is maybe a projected lineup, but just going through the depth chart that you see over my shoulder, um, starting at the top, Tommy LaSalle last year. So he's going to be a second baseman, but there's a good chance he plays a lot of first base. We'll see how they maneuver this. But just to say that he'll be a second baseman, he was just a second surprise or a pleasant surprise last year. I uh, started off the year really, really struggling over the f- first few weeks was averaging just, um, I think it was like four for 24 to start it. But then he started to really compete and, and secured a starting job. He saw a ton of power, 16 home runs for the amount of plate appearance he saw at the top of the lineup. It's something that you probably weren't expecting from him. But then you also get into a situation where um, he's now going to have, probably have to be competing a little bit uh, with Fletcher and some other players. His home run regression, or his home runs are going to have to come way back down to earth. But a guy who just put the ball in play, and that's why he was at the top of the order. He only had an 8.7% strikeout rate last year, um, and everything else looked pretty good. His slugging percentage was at 486. Again, that is something that I expect to really come down for a guy who hit one home run the se- season prior to that. 
Mike Trout, best player in the game, potentially question mark is what I've written in my notes. He had a hot summer. He had 13 home runs in July. The biggest thing for Mike Trout is that the steals went down. He only had 11 steals last year. And how much that they need him in this lineup, one, batting second is still a very strong spot for a guy with power. Just a whole movement to get your power towards the top of the lineup. Would not be shocked if he um, started off a lot of these games as the leadoff hitter. But Mike Trout batting second, strong spot for him in this lineup. I don't think you're going to get the steals upside from a season-long standpoint. It makes him a little bit less or a little bit more risky if he's priced up in DFS perspective because of the toe injury. We'll see if he gets over it, but it could be something that really impacts him moving forward. He was fourth in barrels per batter. Uh, for per plate appearance last year, obviously fantastic. The 13 home runs in July was his best month overall. Uh, now he is somebody who will strike out 20% strikeout rate that increased last year. You saw him walking 18% of the time though. So he's going to be aggressive, but at the same time he remains patient, which is just something that you see in a lot of these really good players. I mean, Aaron Judge is one of the, another guy like this who just has a insane strikeout rate, Gene Carlos Stanton as well. Um, but they will also take their walks, be patient, but be aggressive somewhat at the exact same time. And then Trout, I mean, you just have the guy with a, a 646 suggling percentage last year. It's, uh, it's pretty hard to uh, ignore that. So Trout batting second. Obviously, he's going to be the staple of number one picks, top three picks, and a lot of season longs, and the staple of a lot of DFS lineups. Anthony Rendon, a new acquisition here. He's coming off of his career here, career year. He had 34 home runs, 126 RBIs, 44 doubles. The doubles and RBIs led the NL. The RBIs led the entire league last year. He had a fly ball rate of around 45%. He had a hard hit rate of around 47%. That fly ball rate is elite. The more times you put the ball in the air, uh, especially depending on your exit velocity, but more so just a fly ball rate, um, the better chance you have at home runs. If you're hitting ground balls, they're, they're not going out of the ballpark, right? Especially last year when there was just obviously uh, questions around the, the juice ball and, and all that stuff. Nice to see. And the fact that he's going to be behind Mike Trout not only helps Mike Trout see more suitable pitches for himself and, and not work as many walks um, compared to having Albert Pujols behind you or Cole Calhoun or Justin Upton. It's going to be a situation where now you have Rendon behind him, gives Rendon more plate appearances um, with guys on base. Mike Trout just repeatedly gets on base like 200 times a year, it seems. Um, and then just more situations for Trout to see better pitches. Otani, so Otani's going to be coming back. He missed 50 games last year to start the year and end the year. He split them up. He was coming back from Tommy John last year. He's now around 18 months removed, 19 months removed from that. He did hit in 92 games last year. He was very math though. Like he had a, a hot June, I believe he had nine home runs. But other than that, you saw his Ks slightly go down, but his walks also went down a good amount as well. Also just not as patient of a hitter and just a very overall, just not great hitter when you look at everything. The fly ball rate was awful. I mean, his ground ball rate went up a ton and his fly ball rate was around 24%. We just talked about how Anthony Rendon's was 45%. Now I think they're on extremes in terms of a career year for Rendon, a down year for Otani, but you still have a situation where um, like Otani, you would expect somewhere in the thirties for a guy who's batting cleanup for you, not a guy who just can't put the ball in the air at all. Um, He's also going to pitch this year. They expect him to pitch once per week and not bat the day after. So that's going to impact his overall, makes him a volatile player in MLB season long, baseball season long, right? Um, Like they don't want him to really go past six innings much when he starts. And then he's, he's going to hit for one or two at bats at that point. And then they also don't want him playing in the lineup as a position player. Like he'll probably play five days at most um, in the lineups, probably four. Like he won't play the day before he pitches and the day after, and then he'll play obviously the day he pitches. So you're looking at probably four days per week. He started off his MLB career with 32 strikeouts in three starts, and then he was just pretty okay after that before getting injured. So he has the upside to pitch for season long for DFS purposes. He obviously provides a very interesting dilemma for if they'll be listing him as a pitcher or a hitter on those days. Uh, Upton, I mean, you were expecting Upton to regress. Like he only played 63 games last year. And, and a big reason why was once you found out that he had tendonitis in his knee, it, it was not great. So he had 12 home runs, which looks terrible, but he played less than half the games he had been playing. Like he was averaging somewhere around the 30 home run mark for most of his years. And he would have been right around there if he played the normal 130 games that he was used to. He probably would have hit 26 to 28 home runs. 
and you don't bat an eye, but it's the concerns around his knee, how much he'll be able to play. He's probably slated to be the starter right now in left field, like you can see over my shoulder, but the major concerns are just what happened um, to his, his, his just availability. And then number two, also his steals upside is just absolutely shot now with his knee. He's opting to get injections and not surgery at this point. He had 256 plate appearances last year. Again, he had the 12 home runs. He had 40 RBIs, just one stolen base. That is not good. And his strikeout rate remains very high, uh, pretty much up there on this team with a league high or a team high um, last year, Justin Bohr was very close to him. They were both over 30% strikeout rates. Not great. So a guy who's not getting on base as much, not stealing when he's on base, and now his availability and is, is in question. Seems pretty sketchy. So you have Simons at shortstop. Always been a very solid player. He 2017, he's not going to repeat that year, it seems. It was nowhere close to that. 427 plate appearances last year. Did get 10 stolen bases, which is nice to see. Um, doesn't strike out all that much. But when you're just talking about overall power for this guy, his WRC plus was was 81. Like, it, it's just terrible. Not something you want to see. His, um, his WOBA last year as well for a guy like Simons was 290. All these things are not great. The slugging is nowhere near there at 364. So you get a guy who is just a very great defender, a solid defender, but when you're in a team that already has um, just no other hitters, right? Like if you had a solid lineup and he's batting eighth or ninth for you and he's just a good defender, sure, it might be worth it. But when you have a team that literally has Mike Trout, you have um, Anthony Rendon and not much after that when it comes to stability. Otani will be in the lineup half the days and he was on a down year. Pelkulos continues to age, right? So it's concerning. There's not much upside, I would say, for Simons at this point. Aging over 30 now, you might see him slowly come out of the rotation more or the lineup more. I wouldn't be shocked um, to see Fletcher get some more starts, um, maybe in the middle infield at second base and, and rotate him with, with Listella as well. So we'll see what happens there. Brian Goodwin's an interesting player. He'll probably play in right field, batted a lot um, in, in the nine hole last year, had speed, actually had upside as well. He saw the fifth most played appearances on Los Angeles last year with 458. He had seven stolen bases, so that's good to see. Um, he did strike out a lot, 28% of the time, but he did also have an 8% walk rate, so I guess average or so at best. But the thing that was nice was the 470 slugging and the 17 home runs. Um, 17 home, home runs was pretty solid. It was fifth on this team, so that's nice to see. It's pretty crazy that he's a top five probably hitter on this team, which is not good when Brian Goodwin, it, maybe even uh, pushing borderline top three, like he's right there with Otani. Otani's probably three. He's probably four ahead of Pulos at this stage, so Yes, that's that's pretty concerning, but I would say overall a solid player, but when a solid player is your fourth best player in your lineup, that's uh, concerning if he's at best average, right? Um, looking at some other players, Pujols, he's likely to play first base the days where Otani uh, isn't DHing, so the days, those three days before he pitches, the day he pitches, and the day after, you probably get Pulos at first. Other than that, you're probably going to have Pulos more times than not DHing. Um, so Pulos should see a good amount of at bats. He had 545 last year. Did have 23 home runs. Really saw a dip in a lot of different areas. Only a 430 slugging percentage. Um, his WRC plus was 93. Like he was bad. Pulos cost me a lot of money last year, probably 50,000 in DFS. Um, I needed him to get two fantasy points. Uh, one single will do for me. Uh, two walks will do for me. An RBI, a sack fly will do for me. Uh, he, he went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. I uh, ended up missing out on the 50K prize pool by two fantasy points. So uh, not great. But um, Pulos, yeah, you know what to expect from him at this point. He's going to get his starts. He's going to see his plate appearances. He saw a huge, huge dip down in his upside last year. Not a guy who strikes out a lot, 12.4%, um, unless you play him in DFS with a lot of money on the line. Um, but also not a guy who gets on base a lot. So his BABIP was only 238 last year. Out of all their starters, that was uh, pretty much the worst uh, on the entire team for this team. So not great from Pulos at the bottom of the lineup. Jason Castro, they did acquire, I believe, from the Twins, a former twin. Uh, Jason Castro is going to be the catcher. He'll rotate in with Max Stacy. So not really much to say here. He's a really good framer and a good defensive catcher. He'll offer upside um, and can get hot with a power from his bat, and that's something that he's been working on. But it's it's nothing that's flashy. It's Jason Castro at this point. So 
that's the that's the starting lineup, right? Uh, Castro at catcher, Randon at third, Simons at short, Lestella at second, Pulos at first. One you have Otani DHing, Goodwin, Trout, and Upton from right to left in the outfield. And just to kind of touch on some of their uh, the pitching rotation right now, it's it's brutal. It was 25th last year. It's not a very good pitching rotation right now. Projected to be the number one starter, and you could see it on the MLB depth chart behind me is is going to be Andrew Heaney. He only had 95 and a half innings last year. He was battling injury um, to start the year to end the year as well. Now, he's a solid strikeout pitcher, and don't get me wrong, he's a very solid strikeout pitcher in that regard, but he's just somebody that's really hard to trust when, um, one, he gave up a lot of power. Now, he did close the year out very strong at the end of the season, but he did give up a, a lot of power. He had a 28.9% strikeout rate overall last year. He had a BABIP of 312, so uh, not great, but when you're talking about just ERA, a 4.91. Now, ERA is a very inflated stat and not something that I would consider looking at all that much when you're just looking at things like xfip it's a 91 so um, not a great pitcher to be your number one picture um x xfip was xfip for him was four 418 i was looking at fit so xfip was 418 sierra was a 387 sierra much better to look at than era is a truer stat at least in my opinion uh tries to factor in a couple of other things that can take out luck for you um, and just things that go against you from a defensive standpoint where the balls are hit. So this is a guy who has strikeout upside. Um, this is a guy who definitely pitches to um, contact and, and definitely is is concerning in terms of the amount of runs that he's going to give up. So having him as your your number one guy is it's probably not um, is probably not the best thing for you. So that's not great. Otani is probably right up there as, as like the 1A, 1B, which is also concerning given his injuries. 18 months now removed from Tommy John, though, he should be okay. We touched on his pitching standards to start. Um, but if you're just looking a little bit more, uh, they signed Dylan Bundy, um, trade for like four prospects with Bundy. So Bundy and Canning are probably going to be the fourth and fifth starters. Good luck trying to get to the fifth one. I think Canning is the most upside out of this group. Young kid last year, he just had an issue of going deep into games. He did show some upside from the 25.3% strikeout rate that he had only a 7.8% walk percentage. So those numbers are very encouraging. Um, you see that, uh, the issue for him is just at this point, really, how deep can he go into games? And that's something that's going to be the test of time. He could be the number one starter on this team if he goes deep into the games. A 431 Sierra was not great to see compared to his 418 ERA. He probably got a little bit lucky, if anything, last year based on the way that the Aaron runs saved himself one to three based on the luck factor. So right around average, the Babbitt 272. He's a guy who has the strikeout upside. It's just a concern of can he actually put guys away one earlier in the counts? And does he have a dominating pitch that can keep him from running up his pitch count? Dylan Bundy is um, is the, the definition of if you play daily fantasy sports, and I'd urge you to check it out. This video is actually sponsored by one of the daily fantasy sports sites. You can see the picture above my head, Fantasy Draft. Um, once baseball, depending on if you're listening to this in a month or so, once baseball is out and underway, they will have contests for that. Once the sports right now is we're on hiatus for NBA and golf comeback as well, NHL, you'll be able to play there. I'll post their lobby down below. They have rake-free DFS, which makes it just very appealing. DraftKings, FanDuel, if you've played over there, they actually charge you a rake of 15 to 30 percent over your lifetime fantasy draft charges you just a monthly subscription fee that would balance out to like less than a percent probably around a half a percentage of the rake that the other sites would charge so you can check them out they're linked up down below the link to there um you can click it if you'd like so yeah just to kind of close out on dylan bundy he was a always a cheap pitcher last year for mlb and it's because he had a high strikeout rate um and the issues with dylan bundy is that he'll probably give up one to three home runs you better hope that they're solo shots and if they are solo shots and they usually tended to be solo shots because he would strike a lot of guys out guys wouldn't get on base um then you were okay and good to go bundy you were hoping for five six innings out of uh, and at that point if you can just get him to uh, to just give you six, seven, eight strikeouts before he left in the fourth or four in the third innings because he gave up two to three home runs, you might have looked good at a cheap price point. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. 
Uh, overall, last year, if you're just looking at the innings pitched, you had 95.1 for Andrew Heaney, and then you had Canning coming in second out of these guys that are still here with 88.1 uh, from the team. You're going to have Bundy coming in. You're going to have Tehran coming in. So Julio Tehran is, is somebody else that I, I probably l- looked over a little bit. So the five starters are going to be Heaney, Otani, Julio Tehran, Dylan Bundy, and Griffin Canning. So Julio Tehran is somebody who's he should not be your second in your rotation. He should not be right there with Otani. It, it's very concerning. And that's why this, this team looks bad. Like he was a no put away pitcher last year. He was an average to some days, depending on how many lefties and righties were in the lineup above average strikeout guy. And similar to Bundy, he's a guy who will give up a lot of home runs per nine and a lot of fly balls. So you have a couple of pitchers in your lineup in Tehran and and Bundy and even Heaney to that extent who can be fine with putaways in terms of strikeouts and swings and misses but when players hit it it's going in the air it's hit hard and it's 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 hard hit percentages up and it's probably going out of the ballpark more often than you would like and then you have a guy in Griffin Kenning who has upside so there's just a ton of risk and no stability in this pitching rotation factor that in with the very stars and scrub approach of their lineup where Mike Trout and Randone stand out but everything else you have Tommy Lestella do for regression and then after that who is your best hitter in this lineup Brandon Goodwin right Otani who is going to only be in your lineup at best if he's not injured half of the days during a week so this Angels team is very pieced together they're gonna have to make some sort of a move so uh, just that's the team preview for 2020 fantasy baseball you're going to always have Trout as an option in any format DFS he's always going to be priced up if you have the money go for him but this team to stack this team it's going to have to be in DFS the proper team that you that they're going against an easier opponent they'll probably be a, a cheaper nice one-off team Otani and Trout and Rendon as a middle of the order stack is never a bad thing especially if you do get them cheaper uh, so I do think they'll be an interesting stacking team depending on the team they play but never one that we're gonna have too much priority towards based on their lineup um their pitchers i could always see us having some interest if they're priced lower in dfs when it comes to just season long mike trout at the top seems fine to me rendon in the second round somewhere around there seems fine to me i don't want the rest of these guys i, I just i just don't want any of these guys uh maybe brandon goodwin you can take some upside with his stock so that's where i'm at right now appreciate you tuning in please do hit the subscribe button before you go on this podcast platform and or the youtube channel wherever you're watching them feel free to do both. Hit the notification bell. And if you enjoy these MLB previews, let me know down below. Let me know down below also, as I record this, what content that you would like to see uh, during this hiatus, because I'll be continuing to do the MLB. I'll continue to have some guests on, as well as some other NBA and and DFS general daily fantasy sports stuff. So check out Fantasy Draft. Be sure to check out some of the other content that I have over here. Check me out on Twitter for sports and fantasy sports updates. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Salvetri. Best of luck and peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.